morning, IBCM, and welcome to another another day that God has provided for us this morning. Again, this is uh, Pastor Franco uh, Ferrer, and uh, coming to you live from uh, Makati, Philippines. And um, it is a great joy to lead uh, you by means of starting our day in God's Word, and at the same time, uh, leading you all well in praying together. We are going to start in a couple of minutes, so let us know if you are joining us right now. Leave a comment in the chat box, and uh, if you also have an urgent prayer request that you'd like us to pray for in a while, you can also leave a message there. We are going to continue our mini-series about the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, particularly as we looked at the book of Acts. So get ready, get ready with your coffee as well and uh, God's word as we prepare ourselves in diving into God's heart. Could you turn out with me to Psalm 145? Psalm 145, and we're going to look at verses 8 to 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. Good to be reminded by the psalmist that our God is totally different from how our minds can perceive or understand Him. And we thank God because even in this morning, we are reminded of God's great and good character that points us to His glory and points us to our joy in Him. Join me in a short prayer as we begin our time of Bible study and prayer. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for providing us a new day, providing us, Lord, life, vitality, and just, Lord, the desire to come to you right now and listen. Come to you and bring our hearts before you. And we ask God that in our little time, Lord, that you're going to provide that you will be gracious, you will be merciful to provide wisdom and understanding so that we may understand your word. And even in a time of prayer, uh, in a while, Lord, that you will lead our hearts longing for more of you. In Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, uh, welcome to uh, those who are joining us. This is Good Morning IBCM, and we are continuing our mini-series on uh, the book of Acts. Uh, it's just a little survey on understanding the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and like what we talked about uh, yesterday, 
fail to uh, understand the Holy Spirit, fail to uh, know how he operates as the third person of the Trinity, leads actually in many problems in terms of how we live a Christian life and even in how we look at the church and the very mission that Christ has, has entrusted for us, uh, particularly in the community of believers. So yesterday we looked at Acts chapter uh, chapters 1 and 2 where we've seen that it is the Holy Spirit that truly indwells the very life of a believer. And we also have seen that uh, Peter, together with the apostles, had a, a clear understanding then of what the Old Testament prophecy meant about the coming of the Messiah, and that it was all fulfilled in the very person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see now that there, there was gospel clarity and understanding that uh, before they were ignorant, okay? actually even at the ascension, before the ascension of Christ, they were still asking, are, are you, Jesus, going to restore Israel? But Jesus said, this is not for you to know, uh, but what's going to happen is that, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. Power that is uh, more than the strength that a person can have, but a power that comes within. Because when the Holy Spirit indwells, he also transforms your mind, heart, and soul. And that's what we've seen, where Peter also provided a gospel-centered sermon for the very first time and um, how he unpacked for the apostles and for God's people during the time the need for them to repent and turn their hearts to Christ. That for them first to understand the message of the gospel, they need to experience a U-turn of lives where they will surrender their hearts to Christ and Christ will take over of that very life. We've seen also how God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, forged a community. On that day that Peter preached, when the hearts of men were actually pierced, 3,000 men and women came. And that, that actually started the early church. And now we see in Acts chapter 3 until chapter 5 how the Holy Spirit enables the holy spirit enables okay so ready so turn your bibles there right now and uh we are going to spend a few minutes understanding how the holy spirit enables how the holy spirit gives us the ability to do something that we didn't have or we, you don't have before but because the Spirit is able to do that for us, he, he provides an equipping of the mind, leading of the heart, and the uh, proper energy and life so that we can actually do God's work. So, the second truth that we want to see in the book of Acts 
And the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit enables. In Acts chapter 3, you're going to see that Luke accounts how the Holy Spirit provides a miracle to confirm God's word. So here we see that Peter was enabled by the Holy Spirit to proclaim Jesus and heal the lame beggar. In verse 5, Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay? And here we see the enabling power of the Holy Spirit where uh, the miracle was done in the name of Jesus. It was in instant and it was complete. There were no ceremonies done. There were no chants done and even a magical tactic that took place. It was only the presence of the Holy Spirit when he heard, the lame beggar actually heard the name of Jesus for the very first time. And it resulted to the lame praising God and affected others by worshiping him. And this gave Peter and John also the opportunity to witness that the Holy Spirit placed them to uh, a place called Solomon's Portico. Okay, It's a porch surrounding the court of Gentiles. It is actually the same locations, same location where Jesus had given the discourse on the Good Shepherd. That's in John chapter 10. And in Acts chapter 3 verses 11 to 26, we see here Peter enabled by the Spirit to preach the gospel to educated men and women leaders in the court of Gentiles. And that's the power of the Spirit. That Remember the first time, for example, that uh, you shared God's word, for example, to your family or to a co-worker, to a friend. At first, you don't know what you're going to say. But as, as the Holy Spirit indwells in you, transforms you, then he starts to enable you. He's the one who's going to provide words for you. At first, perhaps you were terrified, you were uh, fearful, but, but you see along the way, as you trust in the enabling power of the Spirit, you see how he gives you courage. You see how he gives you words that will fill your heart, and at the same time, the words that will be given out to the person that you are sharing God's truth. And similar to what happened to Peter here. Keep in mind, they are uneducated. Peter was actually uh, a master of uh, fishery and uh, just followed Jesus for the last three years and John at the same uh, as well. So, so you see here how Peter in Acts chapter 3 makes the case of bringing the redemptive work of God in Christ from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Like what I said in Acts chapter 2, because the Holy Spirit illumined the minds of the apostles, they understood that Jesus didn't just come on that very uh, time when, when uh, they were being discipled, but Jesus was even in, in, in creation. He was there even before the beginning. And the very heart of God is to redeem God's people, reconciling them okay, from darkness into light. And here we see now Peter, 
bringing this good news, this story of God that liberates, that frees people from uh, the old covenant to the new one. That for, for, for uh, the message of the gospel, the new covenant, you don't need to follow the rules or the Mosaic law, particularly for you to be circumcised or the Jewish laws or rituals for you to become a follower of Jesus or to be loved by God. But what, what needs to happen is believe, trust, and receive the very truth that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And that's what we hear in, in the very heart and mouth of Peter, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises God made to Abraham, the founder of the nation of Israel. And keep in mind, Abraham, during the time of Peter and Jesus, he was highly esteemed. And, and, and for, for the Jews during that time, if you are a descendant of Abraham, they think that they are already saved. But hear how... Hear how Peter unpacks. Yeah, Abraham was used by God, but there is someone greater than him, Jesus. Jesus is the better Abraham. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Therefore, look to him. Look to him. Okay? And there you see how Peter had a courageous and bold heart to declare all these things. Now, this is a new message for those who were hearing him for the first time. A new message that will actually liberate and electrify Jerusalem and the whole world to bring the good news of Christ. See how the Holy Spirit enables. That kind of wisdom that kind of uh, understanding is given to ordinary men and women. And friends, that is also available to you and me. That kind of understanding to understand God's word is given to us for free, by grace, by sheer grace. And the purpose of that understanding and wisdom is so that we can look more to Christ. See how the Holy Spirit enables. Also, we see in Acts chapter 4, again, Peter and John before the council, where the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees were also present. As they were preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 4, verse 2, uh, Luke accounts for us that uh, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. Wow. Now we also need to understand that as we proclaim the gospel faithfully and biblically, you need to, you're going to experience what? Persecution, opposition. And this is where it starts. But see how Peter and John were unhindered. See how they were 
confident. Not with what people are going to say, but what they have understood in the very gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, take a look at verse 7 of chapter 4. The elders and the scribes gathered in Jerusalem and inquired to Peter and John. And they asked, by what power or by what name did you do this? Because you know in, in, in uh, uh, the time of uh, uh, Peter and John, and particularly in the Roman Empire, you are actually given a license to do this once you're actually permitted to bring a message to the people. So they were um, confused. Okay, though they know that they are proclaiming the message or uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but whose authority, okay, again, the leaders and the scribes are blinded, okay, or they are clueless about this. Hear what Peter says in verses 8 to 12. Listen to the enabling power of the Spirit. Peter responded, filled and enabled by the Spirit, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and all to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Now, that's a direct assault and direct uh, uh, rebuke from these men and women who understand the Torah, who understood somehow, okay, I would say, who've learned the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament. They, they even actually read Isaiah and a part of the scripture in the temple, yet they failed to see Christ. And now Peter is saying, you crucified, okay, Christ, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is no salvation. And there is, sorry, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See now the exclusivity of the gospel. That's how the Holy Spirit enables. It gives you a narrow focus to understand the gospel. That it now makes sense that the gospel is embedded in the whole scripture. The gospel even has been laid before the creation of the world. Even when God started, let there be light. See how the Holy Spirit enables that kind of wisdom. Okay? And even as you share the gospel with many uh, competing religions and worldviews in the Philippines right now, and actually just try to Google the word religion and you're going to see many ways on how to have it. Here we see in Acts chapter 4, the exclusivity message, the exclusive message of the gospel that is only possible through the power and enabling work of the Spirit. So you see here Peter confidently sharing to the people. And in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, 
when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Though they were warned not to speak and teach all in the name of Jesus, Peter and John answered back, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen or heard. That's in Acts chapter 4, verse 19. The disciples were enabled by the Holy Spirit to preach teach the gospel that is unstoppable because they were enabled by the spirit how about you are 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 you fearful are you uh hesitant to preach the gospel of the lord jesus christ um i pray that this day or today, or this week, you will be given an opportunity to proclaim the exclusive message of the gospel. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And this is the message that all people needs to hear. This is the message that our family members who are not yet in Christ need to hear. This is the very message and the only message that uh, your office mate, okay, uh, your friends who are not yet in Christ, that they need to hear. But the question is, are you going to take the opportunity, just like what Peter and John had, are you going to seize the moment? Don't trust yourself. Trust the Holy Spirit that indwells in you. Trust the Holy Spirit that is able to give you power. The power not for your own benefit, but the power to make Christ known. And you know what, what that kind of power gives us. Joy. Joy because God can use your life as a means of grace for others to know God. Now, keep this in mind. Uh, you may not have the power of healing. Okay? And that's fine. You know? uh, and, uh, and I believe that um, the, the power to heal was only given on that particular time in, in the book of Acts. But we can pray also for healing for other people through the power of the Holy Spirit. We, but, but ultimately, and here's something I'd like us to understand. Peter, can, Peter and John can actually heal the crippled man and not share the gospel. But that crippled man that got well can roam around, for example, in Jerusalem, but he's going to end his life still in hell. But Peter and John had a clear understanding that more than the physical healing, the crippled man needed the gospel because that's the spiritual remedy to the very problem that all mankind do have, our sin. Then through the power of the gospel, it enables someone to come 
from dead to life. So my prayer is that you will see the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Moreover, in Acts chapter 4, we, we are introduced again to this set-apart community that we started seeing in Acts chapter 2. Well, but keep in mind that this community is different from uh, what we have right now, uh, particularly uh, in, in, in a setting where, where Christ is uh, not visible. But this is a set-apart community shaped by the gospel and enabled by the Spirit. A Spirit-enabled church forges true unity, which makes Christ more beautiful. It forges true kind of love, grace, care that is not driven uh, to serve ourselves, but driven to serve others and to give glory to God. Now, most of you are probably... Uh, uh, familiar with this Korean drama that, that used this place called Gongjin. The word that place maybe is uh, 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 familiar to you, Gongjin. So that it's, it's part of a, uh, a setting in, in South Korea where they use that as a setting for a Korean drama. And it steered many Filipinos because simply of how the way they love each other. It's like a small community but but they love each other they care for one another and and they would do anything for each other just to make sure that that the person is is uh, on the right track but here's something i'd like us to understand we are more than okay we are if 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 our community is enabled by the spirit we are more than that community now, I am not trying to compare ourselves there, but I'm just simply saying that in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 45, and Acts chapter 4, 32 to 37, are not simply the ideal church community, but it is the genuine result of the application of the power of the gospel that exalts and exemplifies the supremacy and character of Christ and God's people are affected god's people are affected so if if you're watching the korean drama and you are enamored with that community how much more god's church how much more ibc manila if our church and by god's grace we sense that it's taking place that in our small community in Makati and in other parts of the cities where people are members and involved, if we are led by the Spirit and we are continually enabled by Him, then we are going to see a different kind of community that will be the light and salt for the lost city and world. Question is, are you part of that community? Are you part of that very community that we are talking about? Now, no offense, it's, it's so easy for us to be online uh, and think to ourselves that we are uh, part of the church. But please understand that the way how God designed the local church, 
here is to gather physically. I know we are constrained because of all the things that are happening in our surroundings. But my prayer is that you will not be overcome by fear. You will not be overcome by fear. And I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to enable you to what? To have courage. You know, last Sunday to see, uh, we, we were 65 in the sanctuary. Now, we understand that the church is not the building itself. But the gathered ones, the worshipers who genuinely desires to exalt and give worship to God and to have fellowship with men and women is such an encouragement to see that I am part of a body. I am part of a community that loves Christ. I am part of a community that honors Christ. Friends, that's the very uh, design of God for the local church. So my prayer is that if you are fearful, uh, if you're going to wait for COVID to be zero cases, a zero case on, on each day, um, I pray that you'll have the courage. I pray that you will see the importance of gathering together with the saints. See how the Holy Spirit can enable you in this season to preach the gospel, to boldly proclaim who he is, and also to be enabled to be part, to be engaged in the very heart of his church. That's what the Holy Spirit does. My prayer is that you will have the desire to obey. My prayer is that you will have the desire to follow Him. Let His heart rule within us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for, once again, giving us the opportunity to study your word. We thank you because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And we thank you because it is the Holy Spirit that brings that, brings that very truth, Lord, in our hearts. We thank you because... He is the one, Lord, who's enabling our weak hearts to proclaim the gospel, to share it with confidence and boldness that this exclusive message of the gospel frees men and women, sets free those people who are in bondage. Lord, give us opportunities today. Give us opportunities this week. And though we may not all everything about the Bible, but if we know Christ, Lord, that's enough. That's enough. And that's a good starting point. So help us to do that. If it is through Messenger, FaceTime, or Zoom, or a face-to-face -face conversation or fellowship with, with people who don't know you yet, God, give us that opportunity. And also, God, I pray that you will challenge our hearts, Lord, to really be part of a local community, 
Lord, we thank God for the means of grace for uh, for Facebook Live and for this broadcast. But but God, the gathered community cannot stay long in something like this. We need, Lord, to fulfill what Hebrews 9 says, that we should not neglect the gathering of believers because it, it, it encourages our soul that prepares us even, Lord, for the day of your coming. So, Lord, give us courage. Let, not, let us not be overcome by fear, but, but let your enabling power of the Spirit forge us forge us to take risk. Why? Because the mission is important and therefore part of the mission is being part of a vibrant, healthy local church. So Lord, make that possible. Make that possible, Lord. So that we will be uh, a community that shines. We will be a community that that uh, truly, Lord, knows that you are in control you are the one whom we truly worship. Father, we also thank you for uh, how you are in the move, Lord, in the Philippines. Uh, we, we ask that you will continue to be merciful, Lord, and gracious to our leaders. Uh, we, we even, God, pray right now for our president, President Duterte, and together with his cabinet, and his government. God, we, we pray that you will enable him, Lord, first, Lord, to know you. God, awaken his dead heart and allow him, Lord, to see Christ. Allow him, Lord, to see the light that overcomes darkness and that he will believe in the exclusive message of the gospel. I also pray, O oh God, that um, you will equip uh, the people who are currently handling right now the COVID response. We pray for DOH, the IATF. God, I pray for clarity. Uh, time story when we watch the news, it's, it's like we are more confused than being uh, provided clarity. But so, so in, in, in this season, God, so I, I pray that you will unite their hearts, that they will not be motivated, Lord, to self. Uh, um, um, glory, but but they will pursue, Lord, in truly serving the people and serving you. We also thank you because the cases, the daily cases for the COVID is going down. We continue to pray that it will be in three digits until uh, uh, three, two, and one. And we long for that day, O oh Lord. And we thank you for how you are uh, using uh, all the means, Lord, so that this pandemic can end. Ultimately, Lord, we trust in your power that in your will and purposes, you can end this. Meanwhile, teach us to be strong in the Lord. Teach us together to be stronger in Christ. As you have called us to be steadfast, teach us to be stronger with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your uh, heart for your church, your heart for us. And may we be enabled by your spirit. In Christ I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us uh, here at Good Morning IBCM. And uh, we hope that uh, uh, you will 
uh, continue to be enabled by the Spirit today and for the rest of the week. God bless you, and I'm going to see you again tomorrow. Good morning. Thank you.